Welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm Michelle Davey. And I'm Christelle. And it's Monday the 29th of March. The start of World Autism Awareness Week. And this is the Let's Talk Autism podcast marathon. This week, as part of the National Autistic Society's Super 7 Challenge, we will be recording seven podcasts a day for the seven days of World Autism Awareness Week. That's 49 podcasts in a week. It sure is. We better get on with it, Christelle. Let's go. Roll tiles. Welcoming on is the tongue twister again. <laughs> We've got Sue from a sprinkle of spectrum. Yes, today. I'm never going to do a podcast, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sue. Hello. No, Christelle, you've got to say Sue from a sprinkle of spectrum. <laughs> Sue from a sprinkle of spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Sue? Welcome to the podcast marathon. I'm okay, thank you. How are you? We're good. We're good. We're excited to have you back. How has life been treating you since the last time you came on? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Mia is luckily she's been able to go to school throughout lockdown. So yeah, that's been really helpful for her because um, the first lockdown way back when she was um, at nursery and we took her out and it didn't have a good effect on her. So it's right. been good that she's been able to carry on at school. And Mia is autistic? She is, yeah. She's yeah. Uh, five years old and she's uh, non-speaking at the moment. Um, and she was diagnosed just before her third birthday. Does she have her EHCP? Yes, she does, yeah. Awesome. She goes to special school, so she has to have one. Okay, that's great. And um, how long has she been in special school? Uh, since September. And how is that going? She absolutely loves the place loves it she I put her on the bus and she looks over the escort shoulder as the escort's putting her seatbelt on and just gives me this really smug smile like I'm going to school to do lovely things and you're staying here with a baby <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really good to hear she's always smiling in the pictures always smiling and what kind of progress have you seen from her since she's been there oh my goodness she she does things they did stuff with her in the few months that I thought would take them years so they she holds a paintbrush and paints she would never go near paint before she holds a pencil that had never happened uh she will sit and have lunch with her friends and that was just something that was really difficult for her but she just happily does it there now so she just seems to understand school life so she knows when she's allowed to run around and when she has to come and sit and do some work not that she always wants to do the work but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless her I'm so pleased that she's settled in well and yeah you know, she's she's enjoying school that's the important thing isn't it that she's enjoying it yeah it's nice to send your kids somewhere you know they're going to be happy and I hope that continues because I know that's a struggle for a lot of people yeah definitely now Sue on your page on your Instagram page you've been talking quite a lot lately about the your latest post was about the language we use it's autism awareness week and you were talking about the types of language we use within autism and additional needs so just explain that to us um, so it's just things like uh, an absolutely huge percentage of autistic adults prefer to be called autistic as opposed to they have autism 
because they feel like it's an essential part of their being uh, that's who they are so I just I personally always refer to be as autistic rather than having autism because it's not you know it's not an illness it's it's she just is autistic and she was from birth I think it's important just to listen to if someone said if an autistic person said to be actually I prefer to say I have autism it's not all then of course I would try and listen to them but I think it's usually in the 90 percentish range of when when they survey autistic adults they prefer to say that um I think disabled saying the word disabled my daughter is disabled she may well be disabled a huge amount because of the world around her and how that is not set up to support her properly but we need to take the stigma out of that word yeah because it's just people sort of shy away from saying it and they don't want to say it but actually it's just she is disabled there's no shame in that there's no there shouldn't be a stigma to it we need to normalize all these phrases and words because that's the way we're going to change the world around so that our kids can you know become a bigger part of it yeah but I think people are scared to offend they are scared I think even for us who have children who have autism I do watch my words a lot I don't know what is offensive and what is not offensive so how do we find out is it just by having those conversations I think it is and it's it's I think if you scroll back in my post far enough I would have said the wrong things and it's just listening to autistic adults and learning someone um, got confused on my post and thought I was saying high functioning low functioning and like using those terms and they yeah, they said to me yeah. yeah actually we we don't like that and I was like no that's what I'm trying to say that we shouldn't yeah use functioning labels because loads of autistic people hate them and I don't think they fit with my daughter really because she would classically be described as low functioning just because she's non-speaking but actually some of the things that a lot of other autistic people struggle with she doesn't and someone who's speaking just because they're speaking would then be like high functioning but they might struggle with something that Mia finds a breeze so yeah start with my son he he is verbal and he could name you god knows how many species of shark and things like that and dinosaur but he can't get himself dressed or put his own shoes on and things like that so that's unhelpful to him would we say he was high functioning you know it doesn't make sense does it yeah I think it makes you underestimate the people who are in inverted commas low functioning and sort of not help the people who are high functioning enough when they need it they yeah and I, I always found that it's then disregarded a bit like yeah years ago if I did say oh he is high functioning I would have used that oh yeah he's high functioning because that was what we would have used when I was teaching at the time as well um so that was sort of like the vocabulary we was using but then I find when I was saying that people go oh so so he's not that bad then he hasn't got autism that bad and he's just used to infuriate me what does that mean he hasn't got autism that bad (laughs) he's only got it a little bit he's only got a little bit and he yeah, just what? just a sprinkle <laughs> I saw I think it was um neurodivergent who's got a tongue twister now um rebel 
um, she posted something like, oh, I'm going off to get my COVID vaccine to level up my autism. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, <laughs> how do I graduate in this? <laughs> Talking about the vaccine as well, Sue, that was something else that I'd seen on your page. Did you have some sort of trolling or something go on because you had put that you'd had the vaccine? No, no, I didn't have any um, trolling. I did. Oh, I bad vibes. I think I I explained why I got it just because I thought if I was outside of this and I was looking in, I would probably think, hang on a minute. Yeah, I know you're in your 30s. Why are you getting the vaccine? Your kid's autistic. And I think a lot of people think autism, not proper disability. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because it's not... Fake disability. (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to explain why I think that we've been given that vaccine, because I don't think people understand the level of things. Yeah, explain to us what you put on that post, because I think it's something that, yeah, needs to be spoke about. So uh, I believe that we got the vaccine because Mia is more vulnerable to COVID in the sense that if she comes down with it, she can't say, mommy, I've got a sore throat. And I know any other five-year-old might not be able to articulate it particularly well, but I think they'd be able to communicate. They weren't feeling great. Um, I just have to watch her like a hawk. Then even so let's say she got it then the progression of it would be quite scary because she again she can't verbalize that to me she can't communicate it and then also that you've got the fact that if I got poorly with COVID that I wouldn't then be able to look after her properly yeah and I mean of course my husband would step in and my or my mum or someone but that can't go on my husband's got to work full-time my mum's retired you you know that couldn't go on long term and then who's going to pick that that care up it's it's to protect the system from falling apart and it's also to protect Mia because yeah. she is more vulnerable yeah oh thank you so much Sue <laughs> I love reading your posts and following you and hearing all about Mia and uh, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us and I'm sure you'll be back again won't you to speak to us <laughs> on another day <laughs> we're just blackmailing everyone into that so you've got to nod and say yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much Sue that's, that's Sue from the sprinkle of spectrum, spectrum.